from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have some music for you on just the classics. But first, tune in to our live recorded version of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Tuesday, April 6th, and we are coming to you from Taipei, the studios of Radio Taiwan International. And in today's show, we have Shirley Lin. Hi there. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. And we'll be telling you about what KFC is doing to uh, promote their fried chicken, something fun and special. Also, convenience stores are making major bucks, even more than uh, shopping centers here in Taiwan. And President Tsai has a special message for lawmakers about their uh, personal looks. And uh, Barbara Streisand expresses some sympathy to um, victims here in Taiwan. We'll be telling you more about that in today's show. Okay, so I want to hear about um, President Tsai telling lawmakers to do something about their looks. All right. Um, recently, um, she told the DPP lawmaker Tsai Yiyu, um, you know, that lawmaker um, weighs over 100 kilograms. So she told him um, jokingly that if you don't lose weight, um, I'm going to kick you out of the DPP. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good threat. And so did he lose weight? I don't. I wonder how big so. this guy is, how, how tall he is. He's pretty, I, I don't know, but it's, but it's over 200 pounds. That's right, that's pretty oh, heavy. 100 kilograms. You mean he right. took it as a joke, so he didn't take it seriously. So he, did, he hasn't lost any weight well, yet. Well, for some people, losing weight's not Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not thing. that easy. It's not easy. That's true. Right. You two don't have to worry about that. I, I don't. don't gain weight. <laughs> some you two are. I have to worry about my husband, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. He's heavier um, than 100. Right, but oh. he's not the only lawmaker who needs to lose weight. In one lawmaker from the... Um, from the uh, the new power party said he actually um, well he, he used to he used to weigh 100 kilograms now he is he weighs about 80 kilograms oh that's okay. a good right. 20 kilos that's good a lot loss. right he, he, uh, he is working really hard because he said that because when he weighed um, in the in the past because he's a little bit you know he's overweight so he feel like um you know he's he's he was carrying a very um, heavy, heavy bag you know with him and right now he is um, running doing exercise for at least an hour per day which is good because he's now he weighs only um 80 kilograms right now that takes a lot of perseverance it to exercise does. every day it i don't even exercise does. every day right another yeah. lawmaker she is also from the ruling dpp she lost uh, 13 kilograms within uh, 80 days, which is also very good. Okay. 80 well, days? Right. 
But oh, she wow. she said that she didn't she want knows. to lose uh, weight um, in the beginning, but she says she, because of, she has some back problems, so she wants to do some exercise. And surprisingly, you know, and, and then she um, does she has been doing some exercise and and she has kept her in the diet under control. And surprisingly, she lost thirteen kilograms within eighty days, which is very good. That's really good. That's, yeah. but, so if you do make some effort, you could see some results. Right. Um, I know that what works for me is intermittent fasting. Have you guys ever tried that? Oh, you fasting. guys don't need to try that. Wow! Like you, you, you eat like within a certain amount of time. Like yeah. what's very popular is to eat within eight hours. So like you would maybe eat from noon to eight, not continuously, <laughs> <laughs> but then you would stop eating at eight and not eat till noon the next day. So you you give your body like sixteen hours of not eating fasting. Yeah. So that way it burns off, starts to burn off more fat, and supposedly has many other health benefits. My husband tried that. Did it work? It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you can't overeat during your uh, during the eight hours, though. Um, I think it has to do with just personality. I mean, it's it, it takes perseverance, and um, I don't know if you grew up like you know um, you have this weakness, like you well, just you like eating. Eat, and, if you love to eat, then it's and also hard. your eating habit. Right, you know, or you I grew think, up with certain like bad eating habits, and it's really hard to change. To that's true, shake off. and I think it also has to do with the, your relationship with food. Like <laughs> I, I interview six skinny people sometimes, and none of them like use food to comfort themselves. Oh, you know, they just and and they, they don't go shopping eat. for clothes. <laughs> I don't know what they do, but they they usually don't eat until they're full. This is what I discovered. They eat till they're like seventy percent full, and they don't eat to make themselves happy. Or to comfort themselves, or, or when they're bored. That's really hard. Cause, but you know, I do for all those reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. So if you if you have such a distant relationship with food, you're probably not going to gain weight, right? Right. Yeah. If it doesn't satisfy any of your emotional cravings. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I maybe I know only one or two people who don't enjoy eating. Oh, I know? so I like I know people like that. It's not but, that they don't enjoy really? it, but they're they don't. They don't take pleasure it in like, like fulfill them in, in, in other like you know they don't get a major you know um, emotional boost from eating. So. Yeah, well, I call those <laughs> those people weird people actually. <laughs> so, if you have any thoughts about um, eating and, and emotional comfort or losing weight, let us know. We have yeah. we have some people who are writing in. Nasir Aziz is writing from Pakistan. Hello, hello, hello. Rashid Naz 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 says it's good to lose weight. And uh, Neela Kandran Vizwanathan says, hello, good afternoon. And then we have Radha Krishna Pillai writing from Kerala and Cynthia Velu writing from India. Well, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think like our government is the first government that has the, you know, the head of state calling On his, people to lose her, weight? Yeah, his or her people to lose weight. Because I think it's a good way of, you know, keeping a good image and also, um, you know, getting the efficiency going in the in the government. Yeah, it's good get, for their health know, too. Yeah, right. You don't want you them know, to go get hospitalized. You think while that actually most people who would get serious about losing weight is when they start having health problems, and that's that's, that's usually too late. Mo- yeah, right. Exactly. I think a lot of times that's too late. But although I know of people who really lost, you know, like really worked hard at losing weight, they got rid of all the problems that they had. 
you know, whatever health problems you had, true. it's all gone. And that's just one amazing, of course, I use that, you know, on my husband, but it doesn't seem to work. <laughs> I think you need to cook for him and then like, you know, cook restrict for what he can eat. And oh, anything. I don't know. Because he, he likes a lot of things, you know, with like spice and um, chili pepper and everything. And that just works up a, a great appetite. You know, he, he, he puts spice in everything. That's you not know. too bad. It's better than like it's it's not too sugar bad. Sugar or oh, salt. but the thing is, oh, with that too, you know, because he's more on a heavy flavor. Oh, you know, he likes strong flavors. Strong flavors um, of anything, really. So uh, that makes it hard. Right, but I think it's really interesting because some lawmakers are saying that um, once uh, they get elected, you know, gaining weight has become um, a kind of um, what they call occupational hazard. Well, I can imagine. Actually, right. they have to go to a lot of banquets. They I'm go to sure. a lot of right? banquets. They Events. go to meetings. They have to meet their electorate, and they they offer you food. You have to eat it. Right. So that's so that's that, that's, that's why true. they say it's occupational hazard. And they don't have time to like you know go grocery shopping mm-hmm. and buy healthy foods and pack their own lunch and um, dinner, right? Uh, so yeah, they have meetings over lunch or dinner. Uh, and you usually know. not too healthy lunches, right? So. Yeah. Well, we wish the very uh, best in health for our top officials. <laughs> All right, since we're talking about unhealthy foods, let's talk about KFC. <laughs> What's going on with them? Fried chicken? Well, it's not so much about the food itself, because I'm talking about KFC Taiwan. Now, first of all, uh, apparently KFC um, in um, some foreign countries, um, not in the States, because it started in the States, right? Um, they all came with like really unexpected, very creative products to promote their product. Like, for example, there's this thing called fried chicken bath bombs, okay, where it's like the bath bomb. I mean, it's a bath soap that's shaping like a drumstick, a chicken drumstick. Really? And you put it in hot water and it melts. And apparently it gives off fried chicken scent as Ew. you bathe. I, I don't oh. think I'd, I'd enjoy that. I don't think I would either. <laughs> and you probably but, get hungry too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, thinking, I would enjoy that. This goes for those really, really crazy fried chicken fans, I think. That's funny. And the other thing is like these um, Crocs, you know, those um, slippers? Uh-huh. Um, they, the they made it in the shape, in them. not right. not yeah, with holes in them. Now, actually, the top part was all like covered with um, fried chicken pictures, but then it had this stand like protruding um, like a drumstick on top of each shoe. Ew! And so it's like it, you have drumsticks a, on your I'm shoes. I'm thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, they're saying like you know, what's the what's the phrase? Uh, finger finger licking good. Uh-huh. It's like you know, drumstick fell on your shoe or something like that. And anyway, I don't know if they give off the, uh, the fried chicken smell. Anyway, <laughs> of a Taiwan. <laughs> Taiwan KFC, we actually have our own crazy fried chicken club in Taiwan. They came with something not that unusual and gross. They came up with fried chicken eater's bib. And if you can, well, actually, oh, so I, you, I will give you the link. you have a bib while you're, while you're eating. Right. And it's like, um, you know, it's, a, it's the kind of bib that babies would wear, put on when they eat from the high chair. So it's got this cup, this container at the bottom, right? It, so it holds any food that you accidentally dropped would have dropped onto the floor or onto the table, but you save it all by th- you know dropping it in this bib, and you can still pick up and eat. We're talking about like fried chicken, those crumbs. 
Those coating? <laughs> you know, what's the thing I about crunchy, crunchy skin? And those, you know why? Supposed fry, to eat every little. What's the point? They oh, love all the crumbs, I mean, those right? Those are delicious. I mean, they're crunchy and they, they are, fried, but they're but so they're bad for you, so right? So bad for you. But um, but that's what fried chicken lovers love is those crumbs and those coatings. So they came with this bib, but of course, it's got the um, the colors of um, uh, it's looking like you know the KFG grandpa, right? What is it? Um, his Colonel, name is Colonel, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders, right? His um, his uniform. So it's you know, the bib is like red and blue. No wait, black and black, black bow tie and everything. So and, and white. Okay, white shirt. So it's looking cute and everything. But um, but you think that fried chicken lovers? I mean, they would say, oh great. Uh, otherwise, they would have dropped in the crumbs on the table. If they think the table is messy and unsanitary, they saved it, you know, by picking up from the bib. Now, actually, this is only a promotional use at the moment. It's not like you can just buy the bib. Apparently, if you were to get, uh, in order to get a fried chicken bib, you have to purchase KFC bucket meal or group meal, okay? Coupons not applicable. And register your invoice online to enter lucky draw to win a bib. So at least you don't have to change your name to Fried Chicken <laughs> <laughs> or KFC, right? I know. Yes, that's a sales gimmick. That, that would be pretty bad. That's better. Right? I and mean, that would have been really, really bad. Tati. Yeah. So and it's it's just um, unbelievable. Be, but they should do like whoever has initials KFC can um, get a free meal. <laughs> oh, but this is in Taiwan, so it's like oh, people unless, don't have like English names. Yeah, but KFC well, could spell know. a Chinese name into KFC, I suppose. Gao Gao, yeah, yeah, Feng Qing or, Qing or something like that. Gao <laughs> Feng Qing. There's uh, anybody called Gao Feng Qing? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, but anyway, at least we're more normal headed, you know. Coming with a bib, not not the bath bombs oh, or yeah, the fried chicken that's, that's meal a little bit or weird. Yeah. the crocs. Right. No way. So that's the latest in uh, fast food in Taiwan. <laughs> So fast food um, is also available at our convenience stores. We're not talking about KFC, but you know you can buy all kinds of meals, anything from Thai curry to beef noodles to a sandwich, and maybe that's just one reason they're so popular. Tell us more, Paula. Right, they are not just popular; they are making a lot of money, more money than a Taiwan's department store. That's, that's according amazing. To, it is pretty amazing. That's according to um, the economics ministry. Um, a survey released by the economic economics ministry shows that uh, last year the overall retail industry of uh, the revenues made by the overall um, the retail industry hit a five-year low. However, the money made by Taiwan's convenience stores hit a record high. <laughs> wow! Outperforming department stores. That's amazing because usually when you go there, you don't spend a lot of money. You might spend maybe a hundred NT dollars, like three U.S. dollars or five U.S. dollars to buy a few things. Right. Yeah. It, it is really amazing, but it has something to do, it has something to do with the COVID nineteen pandemic because um, mm -hmm. because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, you know, um, people went to convenience stores to get their face mask, and they ah, also went to convenience right. store to get their um, stimulus coupon. Oh, right. Wow. And some people think, oh, no, it's really important to stay healthy. So they went to convenience stores to get, um, you know, chicken fillet. Well, my friends told me that, you know, the chicken fillets they sell um, sold at the convenience stores are really good, really, really popular. Oh, I, I don't didn't even know, know about that. that. <laughs> so people don't want to go out. They think it's not a good idea to eat out. 
Well, it's very right. healthy. I mean, they have this like chicken breast, breast. with right. um, herbs, and my my son likes it too. He's like, look at oh, all really? the protein in this. That's like, it. You know, after workout, people can just go run in, get a get a chicken, you know, breast meat or whatever, and then get out. Right. It's a quick in and quick out. You know, going to convenience stores. Right. Also, so people the don't eggs. The oh yeah. Eggs. Oh yes. That's a lot of protein. That's too. actually the best seller or tea eggs. There's right, only right. ten NT dollars for one egg. And you oh, yeah. can buy two or three if you want, like, a good snack or something. Mm-hmm. And also, there's another reason, because convenience stores are almost everywhere. So, it's like your family's supply store. That's mm-hmm. you know, If you need some tissue paper, if you need some, you know, um, a bottle of um, soy sauce, you will go to your nearby convenience stores. You don't want to go to department stores store. or even supermarkets. Well, supermarket because they close, right. you know, after a certain time. Or there are a few open. steps farther. Yeah. Yes. And there's a longer line, right? Well, yeah. So, but it's so. pretty amazing. Think about this. They make more money than department stores. That's amazing because mm. department stores are expensive. Expensive, what, Whatever right. you buy there is overpriced probably. You know, it's right. been years that I've been shopping at department stores. Good I don't you. ever because they cost more. I mean, mm. whether it's clothes or anything. So I just go to, you know, shops. Mm-hmm. Of that brand, you know they, but not not uh, yeah. I don't take time walking through department stores trying to find. I can't help the it. Thing I, I live I right across the street from uh-huh. a lot of department stores. Right, so don't yeah. underestimate your neighborhood convenience oh, stores. That's the reason yeah. why they open one after another because they are making a lot of money. Wow. And even like though next door to each other too. Oh yeah. yes. Like, mm-hmm. they make one on your side of the street, so you don't have to cross the street, you know. That's the meaning of convenience here. Yeah, in my neighborhood, I think we have three convenience stores within walking distance. It's no, no, I have each other. more than that. I have 10 or 15. Oh, yeah. I think I have, like, four. I have, like, four 7-Elevens on one street. <laughs> Whoa. And some of them are next door, like, next to each other. What? I mean, oh. crazy. I'm yeah. sure each one of them is making a lot of money. They must be. Right. So, what do you guys do at convenience stores? Um, I well, I use the ATM, <laughs> and um, I buy breakfast. A lot of times, I'm on the run, so oh. I, I run in, get something what like a sandwich or sandwich. one of those um, food, you know, rice balls. Okay. You know, the triangular rice balls. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are great for just a quick, you know, breakfast kind of thing. How about Paula? I went there to get a drink, I guess, and also to top up my um, Easy Card. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah, I yeah. do go there for snacks or a light lunch. Yeah. Like snacks. Get some like a soybean milk. You can you can get all three meals done in convenience stores. Oh yes, stores. if you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, if you so want. They're very popular for for that reason. So you don't think you're spending a lot, but I guess we are spending a lot. Oh yes, <laughs> it adds up. It adds up. Tell us, Shirley, about a uh, surprise national title winner. I know. I really want to talk about this story here. You know, first, when I saw this um, story, it's titled Cinderella Team Defies Expectation to Win National Basketball Team Title. I was going like, I'm not sure about this story, but I'm glad I went in there and looked at it because it's a really encouraging story. It's basically about this um, elementary school uh, girls basketball team from a really remote, um, small elementary school in Taichung. Without, you know, like they won the national title to the whole team's, you know, surprise to everybody in the village's surprise. Um, basically, this team comprised of 10 students and they're all from different ages because they've got two who are sixth graders. Uh, let me see here. Um, two, oh no, sorry, six sixth graders, one fifth grader, 
two fourth graders and one third grader out of 18 female students in this 39-student school. Wow. It's a very small school. Because usually um, the, the class classes in Taipei schools are like 39 mm-hmm. to a class, but this is a whole school, only 39 students. Oh. And it's a really remote school. Everybody didn't really put, you know, have a lot of expectation they're going to win, but they won. Wow. They won by one point. Basically, it was, uh, they, um, they, how did they do it? 24 to 23 with a rebound. Um, yeah, at the last, last, last second or something like that. It was just amazing. It's really, really is amazing. I think this, this story about this team is going to be made in a movie. It's so appropriate for a movie. There are so many, like, you know, stories, movies are made based on true story, like right. a school team or, yeah, those uh, you are know. very inspiring. Right? And I think kids. this is really is. Because apparently it was the, the team's first competition outside Taizong. It was their very first one. And, and um, so they only had 39 students. They, they, they were having a far hard time finding enough players. And so it was a real challenge. And also, you know, the money that's needed to travel to New Taipei for the competition was quite a challenge. And um, so they were able to do that with small donations from the local residents of the village itself for the four-day tournament in New Taipei. Um, the coach himself is a Taizong native. He really did not expect the team to win, but uh, you know he said that the girls played with such passion. There are only 10 girls on the whole team. And um, so they competed against 200 schools across Taiwan to win the national wow. title. That's pretty remarkable. That's Isn't amazing. that amazing? You know, and um, the school is located in Huanshan Village, which is at an elevation of 1,700 meters, making it one of the most remote schools in Central Taiwan's special municipality. I wonder if that gives them an edge. Yeah. Because well, you, 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 I think you have to be in better shape to play um, in high altitudes, right? Probably. You do. It's much harder to run in high altitudes. Right. And the thing is that you're right, because this school actually has no gym. So their practice was always outdoors, whether rain or shine. They must be in really good shape. Probably. Go girls. Yeah. He That's said awesome. that um, one of the girls, uh, sixth graders, she said that the only time they got a chance to play indoors was when they played outside their village. And it, she said it's better playing indoors because there's air conditioning. So they were like, you know, practicing under the sun, under rain, any kind of condition. They were always doing that. So even so, usually they start like 7 a.m. in the morning when it's like really, really freezing cold out. But they practice anyway. And it's always outdoors. So this other sixth grader says she's not afraid of the cold. She says she wants to be as strong as her brother, who is already a member of the basketball team at Nanhu Senior High School. That sounds like, that sounds like from Taipei, maybe or maybe New Taipei. So um, anyway, the whole village was so excited about this win. They said that they're going to have a pig roast to welcome the, the the team, the national team, because usually, you know, when they roast a whole pig, is only when they have um, coming of age ceremonies. Or when there's a wedding, then they would roast a whole pig. But this was an exception. They roasted a whole pig for the team. Well, congratulations to that girl's team. I know. It's like really exciting. That's wonderful. Very moving story. Um, And I also have some news that um, uh, a tweet addressed to our president, uh, Taiwan and foreign minister, by Barbara Streisand, actually. Yeah, right. It was very nice of her. She said that her heart 
breaks for you and your country reading about this accident. We're talking about the train accident that occurred last Friday. Brings tears to my eyes for all of these amazing people who lost their precious lives. And then our foreign minister replied, heartfelt gratitude for your thoughtful and touching message. It's a tough time for everyone in Taiwan, but we remain strong and we'll get through this together. So um, I think it's kind of nice that Barbara Streisand um, notices Taiwan. She's actually tweeted a couple times about how well we've done with the pandemic. Yeah, that's right. And uh, other, other, you know, famous people have been sending their condolences, such as the Pope, Pope Francis and the Dalai Lama have been selling, uh, sent their condolences to yeah, Taiwan. That's right. And uh, uh, people from 94 countries and 70, 780 heads of state and, and top it, yeah. officials have sent um, their best wishes to wow, Taiwan. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. I actually interviewed an expert um, in civil engineering about the problem with the accident oh, and okay. Taiwan safety. We need a better safety culture here. Mm -hmm. So we need a better safety system in you know our, our railways and our construction sites. We also need to take safety more seriously. I mean, I actually, after reading, I read his article um in the paper and he's saying you know a lot of us don't take safety seriously like uh -huh. when we're driving or walking across the street and oh. you know so things happen when we're like that so it's it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a big cultural issue um anyways uh safety first everyone yeah, yeah take care of yourself and take right. care of others don't take too much for granted right but um anyway hopefully hopefully we'll see some changes and thank you for your uh, thoughts and condolences. And we will keep you up to date on that story. Taiwan Insider will be featuring that story in that interview uh, on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. But thank you for tuning in to Here in Taiwan. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Paula Chow. We'll see you next time. Just tune in to Just the Classics. Today, I'm the program host. I'm Shirley Lin. And today, you'll be hearing music from Emily Guan, Guan Lingzhi, who is Hakka. And uh, ever since I heard her sing jazz using the Hakka language, I was just totally mesmerized by her voice. She's got that low, sexy, but rich, confident, laid-back voice. And she crosses all music genre, whether it's pop, folk, or jazz. She has been dubbed the Laura Fiji of Taiwan, and also the Hakka version of Taiwan's retired Jodi Jiang, who was Taiwan's pop diva in the Taiwanese language, as opposed to the Mandarin Chinese dialect. Whenever I hear Emily's voice or her music, I would stop short to listen and find myself in a trance. Really. I mean, she's incredible. I love it when she does it in jazz because she's got that incredibly one-of-a-kind voice, especially singing jazz, you know, and using haka. You never thought that after listening to a typical haka folk song, you would think, how can 
haka becomes so beautiful when it's done the jazzy way, you know. But it's possible. And that's this one here. Tobadani. Emily Guan with the song Hankite. No, 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 sorry. <laughs> that's just the beginning of the song, but uh, it's Tobadani, and that's in the Hakka language. You've just tuned into Just the Classics. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm uh, introducing Emily Guan to you. She's a Hakka singer, and um, recently, well, no, actually, not recently, several years ago, she released an album in uh, Hakka, but uh, it's a jazz album. You know, she's probably one of the first in Taiwan to sing jazz using haka. And uh, by the way, that song just now, she won 
Best Hakka Singer Award in 2010 at the Asian equivalent of the Grammys. That's Taiwan's uh, Golden Melody Awards. In 2005, that was the year when she released her very first album, which included a couple of English songs like "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head" and "Summertime." Summertime. You're not going to hear me sing that. In 2009, she released "Tobaidani," the one that you just heard, and that's how she won the Golden Melody Awards for Best Hakka Singer in 2010. And that was the first time winning after being singing for 30 years. That was her first time winning. I would have cried, but she didn't. When she kept her poise on stage, giving her acceptance speech, which meant that she was at the time fifty-two, fifty-two years old. So that meant that she started singing professionally at the age of twenty-two. I think before she decided to release an album in her mother tongue, she used to sing just English and Mandarin and Taiwanese songs. Still great, you know, great voice, singing any language, singing any songs, just incredible. Then she thought, why not try her mother tongue? And more than that, in a jazz style. And then she won. What encouragement, right? Sadly, her mom died that year when she won that award. The song was really sung to her mom about her mom, about her mom's life when she was young. Emily said she was very close to her mom. She she sang that song、uh, at her mom's funeral, and she cried. I mean, of course. Using the same album, she was nominated for Best Jazz Slash Blues Artist Award the following year at the Chinese Music Awards. I think her win in 2010 brought her more luck because then in 2012 she got another nomination. Emily never got as famous as other mainstream music artists, but she's always always loved singing ever since she was little, ever since she was young. Let's have a listen to more of her songs. How about in the、uh, Taiwanese language? It looks like she was nominated again in 2019、uh, with the、uh, Taiwanese songs. She was hoping to win the、uh, Best Taiwanese Singer Award.、Uh, so here are two songs in the Taiwanese language.、Um, it means "Come back to my side," and "Anetohoa." That means that's good enough. Come. 
轻叫一声，阮家你好的名。甜蜜声音只有你我，双人才知影。不管雨偌大，也不惊风寒，真心的路只有你做伴。你若拜暝当，阮就来斗西碗。幸福就是你予我的甘愿佮欢喜。免叹我醉，咱到永着好啊！天放落来，我也袂反悔。安尼就好啊，安尼就好啊，阮永远拢会伫身边，想要对人讲，世界我上好呀，千金万银嘛买袂着。Gwen was influenced by her parents and her older brother, who used to sing Western songs. Her parents used to run a Hakka opera troupe. Her dad played all kinds of Western and Chinese musical instruments, and her brother had a band. So ever since she was a student, a kid, she was singing folk songs. But then she got tired and decided to form her own band. Then she went singing at restaurants, pubs, and dance clubs. So、um, she often took part in Taiwan's local jazz music festivals, and even went to San Francisco to hold a concert there. 
In 2002, he, she had a concert with two other more prominent female singers and sang all Broadway numbers. I realized I missed her when she competed at a singing talent show in China in 2016. She sang Joe Cocker's Unchained My Heart. What happened was that there would be four judges um, at that talent show on TV uh, who are all professional singers, and they compete for the contestant to join their team, which will then go on to compete with other teams of other judges. Now, Harlem Yu, the rock singer of Taiwan, and my and my hubby's friend uh, vied for Emily at the uh, the contest. And you have to realize that Emily is many years Harlem senior. I mean, she was already 50-something. I would have been under so much pressure if I were her, competing with mostly younger, with lots of potential kind of contestants, you know, who want so much to become famous. I mean, Harlem was calling Emily teacher. Wouldn't it have been easy for Emily, but if someone loves singing so much, you don't care the age difference as long as you get a chance to sing your heart out and be on stage. And I guess that's what Emily was doing, being at that talent show. I know celebrities, as much as entertainment life is hard for them, they miss the stage. Now, Emily got married when she was just 21, but that ended uh, in divorce after 25 years. Um, she got a daughter from that marriage, who is also now pursuing a singing career. I actually met Emily in person many years ago. I was in Penghu for a weekend with my hubby and stayed at a friend's, um, you know, B&B. And she happened to be the friends of our friend. And so, um, you know, the weekend was just great. You know, there were she was with one of her female friends. So the four of us women had so much fun roaming the old streets of Penghu and having afternoon tea together. And we even had a great barbecue at the B&B. I remember I regretted not buying a bracelet from some of the shops there uh, that was made of white seashells. But she got one. And somehow she knew I wanted one and gave it to me. She gave me her bracelet. I was so touched. Well, it's broken since then. I've thrown it away. But I can never forget her smiles and her sweet gesture. So that's it for Just the Classics. I'm Shirley Lin, and I hope that you enjoy this one last song by Emily Gwen. It's Mase Mase.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.